All right, we got a pretty fun one today, and I don't want to call it a new segment, boss, because that, that ropes us into having to do it. We may never do this again. <laughs> we think we will, but we may never do it again. It It's largely your idea where you and I were texting back and forth over the course of the last week about what sort of some good ideas for the next show, and you said, hey, let's do a mailbag episode, and, and you pulled some comments from the interweb, so what's in the mailbag today? Well, we got a couple questions here. Uh, there was some... Uh, I think one question that kind of got broken into two and then a, another distinct one. So the first one has to do with affiliate rules and, you know, certain affiliates uh, impose penalties for being late or, you know, there's kind of certain cultural things that they set that their members have to adhere by. And the question kind of centered around, do we like that idea? Do we not like that idea? How is that looking? Um, you want to start with that one? Yeah, let's do that. So, okay. And just as a precursor, what's cool about this, as we say at the end of every show to type comments, we do read those. And now those comments are developing into shows. So do you want me to start or do you want to go? Why don't you start? I pose the question. You can okay. <laughs> I'll volley it back to you. So affiliate <laughs> rules. And, and the individual who posted the question says he gave this specific example, like you said, burpees yeah. for being late. So uh, do I? am I in favor of affiliate rules? And my thought on burpees for being late. So, yes, I think it's important for an affiliate to have rules. Without rules, there are chaos. There's chaos in the world. Okay, <laughs> we're not we're not animals, <laughs> right? I mean, there's some semblance of order is needed. People left to their own devices. I mean, there's just some savagery that's going to occur. So, yes, okay. I think rules. I think rules are are excellent, but there's a big dot 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 after that. Okay. okay? rules that I would have no issue with at an affiliate. And of course, you're free to run your affiliate how you want. That's one of the beautiful things about being an affiliate owner. So this is just my yeah. two cents. You can think that I'm a total idiot. These are just my thoughts. If you had rules such as treat people with kindness, good to go. I got no issue with that. Respect other people's opinions. Uh, be on time. Be ready for class. I got no drama with that. Put your stuff away after you're done. Oh, I, that's it, a big one. You know, I'm one. cool. Hey, uh, you know, don't cover the gym in chalk. Don't have a bad attitude. The trainers are in charge. If the trainer says you're going to scale the workout, guess what? You're going to scale the workout, cowboy. The trainer's in charge. <laughs> uh, you know, th you know, don't put a box under the pull-up bar. So if you fall off the pull-up bar, you're going to take a hit. You know, don't drop an empty barbell. Like there are some rules I've got yeah. no issues with. Telling me to do burpees because I'm late for the class doesn't sit well with me. That's a rule. I see rules and penalties. Okay, so a rule like the burpee one, which this individual asked about, I don't want to be punished like a petulant child if something is, you know, I, I despise tardiness. I despise mm. it, you know. It takes no special talent or ability to be on time. You just have to leave early or whatnot. But traffic happens something happens you know as a new dad if i pull over to the side of the road because my young baby projectile vomited in the back seat after i've cleaned up the vomit i don't need burpees on top of that to make mm. my day any better <laughs> you know like i just now that's my general encapsulation okay of rules and penalties but i will also say before before i volley it back to you there is a difference between Adrian was late today, mm -hmm. and Adrian's late two to three times a week. 
there's a difference between a singular event that's a whoopsie, that everyone has a whoopsie, and you are now a an obvious, repeated, habitual disruption to class. Two different things. And then even if you were a noted, habitual, proven disruption, I don't know if burpees solves that, you know, but some sort of conversation with that person has to take place as to, you know, phrase it how you want to phrase it, but your behavior is not acceptable. It's disruptive to the other participants, to the atmosphere, to the class experience. This is why we need to modify that. What's going on? Can I help you achieve this? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's kind of that's kind of where that first one out of the mailbag sits with me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I and you know what? I I agree with some of what you said, and I'll push back on others. Okay. Um, I think I'm more on the side of we're all adults here. I don't think that we need as many uh, rules, but I do think that common that would be needs wonderful to be, needs to be a big one. Um, you know, so yeah, what, lots of things you mentioned about putting things away, respecting the other people in the gym, all that. I'm like, yeah, a hundred percent on board. Um, the burpee penalty, I, I don't like a punitive element, like you mentioned. I think that's a little bit juvenile at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can see it like a once in a while thing as kind of a spirit of the law type of situation where, I, hey, come on, Pat, you're late. You didn't get a warm up in. I got a warm up for you. 30 burpees, go for it. Sure. You know, that, that sort of yes. thing once in a while. But I don't like it as a. I know that some places go so far as to even having a number associated with minutes late. It's like every minute that you are late in the door, it's like five burpees or something of that <laughs> After nature. After a certain number of minutes, I just drive by the gym. I don't even pull well, in. But that's the point is that I think there are some negative consequences that can come from that that are unintended. That being one of them. After a certain point, you're like, well, I'm just not going to show up. <laughs> right. And I would hate to encourage that in your members. I think it's always better to be there than not even if you can't get there on time. That's my opinion anyway. Um, and then second, I think that, uh, you know, it can be hard enough to be disciplined and show up and do the workout. You talk about this all the time, how you don't particularly like working out. Why would I want to add to that feeling where working <laughs> right. out is, is a punishment or viewed in a negative light? I don't want to contribute to that. So right. for those took, reasons, it, I think it, I would It took enough it. to walk through the door anyway. Yeah, exactly. And and then I'll also add uh, to expand on kind of, you know, your child vomiting in the backseat story. Um, I think about the times that I am late and I, I'm like you. I don't like tardiness. I think that people should be on time. I don't think it's that hard to like get yourself organized enough to be on time. But life happens and that's inevitable. Mm-hmm. And I can think of the times that I've been late for important things. It's usually because of circumstance that got out of control. And, uh, you know, I'll give you an example. I, I traveled for almost a decade straight doing CrossFit Level 1 seminars. I was on the road three to four days a week for a decade. And I think I missed two flights out of however many that totaled. Right. And, a substantial number of flights. Yeah. And any time that I was at, in a situation where I was at the airport, I was, uh, you know, late for my um, boarding or I couldn't get my boarding pass in time, you know, whatever the situation was, I was the most frustrated person already with that situation. I did not need a lecture on, well, you should have been here third. I know that. Right. <laughs> I know that more, more than anybody in this situation. So I don't need another, uh, you know, external force for, who, who frankly doesn't really pay a price for me being late. 
it's a minor inconvenience to them, but they're doing their job anyway and going to be there anyway. The real burden is on me. And so I don't feel that layering something extra on top of that is useful in most scenarios. But anyway, yeah. You know, so it, it, if I was, was going to say, say if go you're going to be ahead. late, be normal late and don't be the late yeah. where you're late walking in with a Starbucks. Cause then, exactly. Then, yep. cause then that means yep. you shouldn't have been late. You just chose to hit the drive through. Yep. But I do think that the maturity on both sides has to be, hey, let's have a conversation about this. Is this a pattern of behavior? If so, why? Maybe there's a better class time that you can be coming to that you don't have to scramble to get here because obviously this one isn't working. Um, you know, maybe there's something else going on that the trainer needs to know about. Or maybe it's just the person hasn't been, uh, you know, called on their behavior and they don't understand how much of a disruption it could be. All of these things can be resolved with a simple conversation. So if yeah. it's a pattern, hey, just, just open that dialogue. And it might be one of those deals, you know, now let's, let's give somebody the benefit of the doubt that you have the conversation and it turns well, it's, up. It's 2021. We don't do that. It turns, <laughs> it's exactly. It, it turns out that, you know, Jane is a wonderful client. Tries her best to get there, but just for wherever her office is, she leaves as fast as she can. She's always going to be four and a half minutes late through the door. Right. But she's hustling, and that's just how it is. And like, okay, gotcha. That's just yeah, that's good. You know, that's but that's something you're only going to learn by speaking with sure. her, not just going, "Hey, welcome again." Another fifty burpees, by the way. It's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And again, in that in Jane's case, a great hypothetical. I'm, I would much rather that Jane is there and late and yes. scrambling a little bit to, to get in the door than not. Yep. So good yep. job, Jane. You're ba balancing a, uh, a hectic lifestyle. I'm glad you're here. Anything else on that one before we move on to the next? I think we thoroughly dissected that. Let's, okay. uh, let's keep going. You want, you so, want to queue up the yeah, second one or you want me to do I'll, it? I'll queue up the next one to you. And that okay. was basically... How important is presence and attitude when it comes to being a trainer? Oh, man. I, I don't think you can overstate it. And I that's believe... A, that's a big statement right there. Yeah, I, I, I really do. I think it's that important. I think the technical aspects of being a good coach can be learned and it can be improved on. At the end of the day, there are many, many, many resources available to show you how to teach a movement to somebody else. Those steps are not a mystery to anybody, I think, at this point. Um, and so really it can be as simple as memorizing and replicating what's been done before. Presence and attitude is much harder as kind of a soft skill to develop, especially if it's something that doesn't come naturally to you. So I think it's, it's got to be a focal point. And the impact that it can have is enormous. You can have somebody's entire trajectory changed based on their experience with you for the better or worse. Mm -hmm. uh, you can have people that are completely writing off CrossFit because of a bad interaction with you, or you can have somebody who they're in for the rest of their life because of the way that they were treated uh, or the way that they, they felt at the end of a class. And that had nothing to do with like how well they learned the push press most of the time. So true. I think it's huge. Um, that being said, where if people, I think, fall down the wrong road is they try to layer on a personality that is fake or that Ooh. is not authentic to them. That's, that's a good a, one. That's a very different thing. You know, uh, being on 
or being in front of the group and clearly leading the group, clearly, you know, making a bigger version of yourself so people can hear you and being enthusiastic about people. It has to come from a place of authenticity. And if you are radically altering your personality to try to create something that isn't there genuinely, I think that's when you're going to run into problems because people, they're not, they're not dumb and they'll see mm -hmm. through it. So y yes, you have to, you have to bring it, so to speak, but it has to be done from a place that is genuine. Back to me? Back to you. Okay. <laughs> we're we're going to be very much in alignment on this one because I, I wrote down in my notes, this is everything. Yeah. I mean, quite frankly. And then yep. it's like, just like you said, okay, yes, it's everything. I would still obviously love to have my trainer be able to teach, see, correct, have, you yeah. know, class management skills, you know, all of the technical knowledge. But if somebody is just sharp as a tack with all the points of performance, they're talking to me about what's going on at the cellular level, stuff I don't even care or even need to know. I mean, their their knowledge is second to none, but they're just like watching paint dry on a wall. They're so boring. I'm I'm not gonna go to the class. It's just I don't yeah. I'm not a superhuman I, you can't hold my interest. So the presence and attitude is absolutely huge. Most people, since they're not cyborgs, they do things on a regular basis because they enjoy them, right? And and if you're enjoying the experience that you have in class, it's likely because you've made a connection with the people around you, a connection with the trainer. And connecting means that you like, know, and trust that person. And mm -hmm. a lot of that comes down to not just them being able to set up your deadlift properly, but it's that presence and attitude that makes you feel warm, makes you feel welcome, makes you feel heard, makes you feel a part of the group. That you can't get out of a textbook like you're saying. Yep. It's tough to it's tough to articulate precisely what it is. I mean obviously the the, the um, dictionary defines presence and attitude, but you know it when you see it beyond a yep. shadow of a doubt. It's somebody that just lights up a room. And lights up a room doesn't necessarily mean they're the biggest, loudest person in the room, but they yeah. have a certain air about them. The way that they carry themselves, the way they interact with other people, it's like you said, it's, it's genuine and it's it's real, it's authentic. And people respond to that, you know? And, and they respond to the opposite when it's not there, either because yeah. the presence and attitude is totally lacking or because it's like you said, it's forced, it's artificial, it's contrived. That might play for a while, but people will eventually see through the facade mm -hmm. and the numbers will diminish in the class one way or another there. I will also say this is so absolutely critical because it can make something that is by its nature unenjoyable almost enjoyable. Yeah, exactly. You know, yes. Fran, in the moment, it's not a very enjoyable experience. No. It feels like your lungs are going to explode and they're coated with <laughs> gasoline, right? I mean, uh, you know, a, a mountain of burpees or doing Murphy. I mean, there's a lot of suffering, uh, meaningful suffering and beneficial suffering that we do in CrossFit. And, and doing that with people that you enjoy and a trainer that you connect with and has that presence and attitude changes the entire scope of the experience from something that you're just enduring to something that you're like, you know what, today's going to be a grind, but it's somehow a good time. I don't know how the trainer does it, but he makes it a good time. She makes it a good time. Yeah. That's a, that's a special, a special person. You could be digging ditches 
with a group of people yeah. that you hate and it will feel like you're digging ditches. You could be digging ditches with a bunch of people that make you laugh all day long. And while you're still digging ditches, you'd clearly prefer to be with that group of individuals, even though the work hasn't changed in any way, shape or form. Well, so, and, and I'll take it on the on the social level, too. You know, I think this is is true the further along in life that you get that your ability to find time in your life for so socialization on an adult level diminishes. You know, it's mm -hmm. harder to you have other responsibilities. You're not going out hanging out with the boys every night, so to speak. Um, you know, it's harder to make friends. It's it, not to say that any of these things are fatalistically unable to be overcome. But it's just the reality. You have more going on in your life, which leaves less time for some of these other elements that you engaged in more when you're younger. Um, so all that to say, I think the CrossFit affiliate in particular offers a really, really powerful tool for that. And that's why you see that communal aspect being so strong. Mm -hmm. And so the trainer has a huge influence on that through their presence and attitude. And to your point, if you have somebody who is making the decision as to whether I'm going to go to the gym today or I'm not, and it's already difficult enough to get in there, and now they have to think about, oh man, I don't know, that guy's, that guy's class is just kind of a drag. Right. I mean, the long-term ramifications of that can be massive. Yeah. So, yeah. It might not seem like a big deal at the time, but it's truly important that that presence and attitude is something that you consider, and you, you at least try to be aware of the things that could be off-putting or could be viewed as negative and, uh, and try to resolve them. That, that would be my advice. You know, we had somebody on the show several episodes ago that's just spilling over with presence and attitude, and that was Chuck Carswell. And mm. he mentioned somebody else, Chris Smith, who has, oh, enough, pres has enough presence and attitude oh. that he could give some away to other people and still oh, have yeah. some of the yeah. most in the United <laughs> States. But... I will give another example from my personal experience, and that's, you know, from the times that I've had to do, like, live media broadcast on, like, network yeah. television or whatnot, like, it should go without saying, it's a very stressful endeavor. Like, the, the stakes right. are high, everyone sees whether you mess up or don't, everything has to happen right on time, it's just... and. And the people behind the scenes are generally stressed out. The, the truck that's flipping a thousand switches, everyone's stressed out all the time. And, you know, you don't want to look stressed out on camera. That's not a good look. And so the team makes such a big difference. And I've worked for people that take that same job and I'm just stressed out because they're stressed out in my ear or whatnot. And then somebody that people may not know of, but, you know, an individual by the name of Charlie Doobie. Oh, yeah. Char a Charlie Doobie, man. a great man. He's a behind-the-scenes guy. Not a lot of people know him, but he does the same job that I've had to work with multiple other people to do. But when I do that same job, but I do it with Charlie, it's like there's just a cool yeah. breeze in the room. And nothing about the demands of the job has changed, but it feels lighter. It feels better, and it makes all the difference in the world. And And if... And if a gym owner doesn't think the people in their class are feeling that same thing because of whoever's standing in front leading it and representing their affiliate, I think they're doing their clients and themselves a disservice. So I guess if we can't yeah. beat this dead horse anymore, presence and attitude is well, monumental. I'll give you one closing thought, and this is maybe okay. a, hot, a bit of a hot take, <laughs> but uh, I think it's absolutely true 
that you need to take a deep look inside and ask yourself, do I like people? Mm. And if the answer is no, then you don't need to be in a position where you're training them. And that might be fine, but you need to know that about yourself. Uh, and that doesn't mean that you have to be the most outgoing, you know, extroverted person on the, on the block. But on a genuine level, you have to ask yourself, do I enjoy connecting with people on a one-on-one -on -one basis regularly? And if the mm -hmm. answer is, ah, it's not really my cup of tea, in whatever personal way that is to you, um, then don't train people. It's yeah. just that simple. There's plenty of other useful things that you can do with your time. Uh, but that might not be one of them. Nope. I would do take, but <laughs> square peg and a round hole right there. Yep, exactly. Okay, final mailbag question. You can you can toss it. No. Who's tossing it which way now? I think I'm tossing. I think I'm I think I'm pitching. Okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> uh, oh, can I give you a side note? This is hilarious. Please. And totally off topic. But I have a friend who uh, let's just say he recently engaged in a psychedelic experience. Um, Interesting. You know, he he got a shaman. It was a whole like guided thing, you know, so just kind of out there. And uh, you mentioned this jog my memory. He told me that in this experience, he had a moment where he was experiencing death and his death was doing Fran at 100% intensity with the loudest music pumped in for eternity. And it freaked him up, freaked him out so badly that he woke up from the trip and they had to like, you know, help him out, calm him down a little bit. And I that, thought that was hilarious. It's, <laughs> that might be one of the most accurate descriptions of how Fran feels that I've, uh, that I've ever heard. Like, like <laughs> eternal death. Eternal death. Uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, that's very off topic. But I, I thought was going to say, uh, we'll have to get him on hilarious. the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So this question, final question we have for the uh, mailbag series today is technique. And specifically, how does one pursue technical movements on their own if they're a garage fitter, a crossfitter, or, you know, somebody that doesn't go to an affiliate very regularly, they don't have access to a coach uh, on, a, on a basis that would be something mm -hmm. that they could get instruction all the time. So, so how do you take somebody like that and pursue these technical movements? And as an offshoot, is it worth pursuing technical movements knowing that I'm likely going to have a hard time learning them? Right. So short answer or two part, should you do it? Yes. My, my answer is an, is a easy yes. And the other part is, is it possible? That's another yes. So just because something is challenging, because it's technical, because it's fill in the blank, it's totally possible. And challenging or technical, that has to have some context, right? Like in in the scope of what? The barbell snatch is really, really complicated in the realm of, of fitness. It's not complicated in the scope of what people do on a regular basis in the world. Somebody right now is performing open heart surgery on something else. The barbell snatch is yeah. not complicated, right? I mean, let's, let's lump, but it's made to be something like the snatch or the muscle up or whatever. It's made to be this, this mystical thing that, you know, you shouldn't even touch or go near. And, and I think that is, I think that puts it into a, into a box that's you know covered in barbed wire makes people scared to even explore it and, and, I, and I don't think that does anybody any favors where with a good deal of common sense uh, patience is another wonderful thing 
There's a tremendous amount of resources available now just for free through YouTube and the internet and, and, and CrossFit has a tremendous vault of information available at your fingertips shot in, in beautiful you know, resolution and definition to guide you through almost anything that you want to do. And if you lower the loading down to darn near nothing, you know, you're learning the snatch, so to speak, with a, a broom handle or a PVC pipe, it's highly unlikely that you're going to do something bad with that broom handle. Um, you can you can lower a set of rings to so low that your butt's in the ground and use basically all leg and no upper body and just develop the movement pattern of a muscle up and, and fill in the blank of whatever it happens to be. But there are resources out there. And if you have the determination, the patience, and and are willing to do some progressions, it's certainly possible. I just think what maybe makes it I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but maybe a lot more people don't do it because if you are doing it without a coach, I think it's certainly fair to say, yes, it's possible, but it's just going to take longer. You know, whereas maybe, you have yeah. somebody yeah. in the, uh, maybe, if you had somebody in the room who is sharp, capable, competent and goes, oh, hey, stop, stop for one second. I don't know if you think that's a false script. That's not a false script. Check this out. Or, you know, you know, whatever it happens to be, like, boom, fixing it, boom, saw the next thing. Hey, what your elbows are two feet from your sides in this muscle. Let's tuck those. Like, whatever it is, you might get on a far more efficient path. Uh, but you will be shocked and amazed at how far you can get on your on your own. But you just have to go through it intelligently. Use everyone's cell phone these days. Has a video camera. Yeah. You can <clears throat> film yourself. And again, it takes time and effort, but put that on your computer, get on, on the split screen, somebody doing the movement that's a, an amazing athlete at it, go frame by frame. Like you can figure this out. It's just what is the amount of effort and time you're willing to put into it? Yeah. And, and I got kind of two points to expand on there. I think what you said about everybody's got the technology. Like I, I would posit that it's almost 100% overlap of people that are going to do fitness on their own and people that have access to some sort of recording device that they can watch themselves on. Mm -hmm. I think it's almost 100% at this point in time. I right. Mean, not everybody, but right. really darn, darn near. close. Yeah. So that's a huge tool to, to be able to capitalize on. Um, I know for myself, I was uh, self-taught in the sense that I did not have a coach for any of this stuff for, for years. Uh, mm -hmm. For the first couple of years that I was doing CrossFit, and certainly before that when I was dabbling with... with Myself with as well. And stuff. Yeah. I didn't have the money or the the inclination to get to a training that was in person. Um, they were much fewer and further between. Uh, at the time, you know, I was living in Western Canada. There just wasn't that sort of thing happening. Uh, mm -hmm. This is 2003, 2002, you know. It just didn't really exist in the same way. Uh, and yet, through books and early videos on the internet, which were a lot more sparse, I was able to to do just fine. Um, and like you said, it might've taken me a little bit longer. I don't know if I would have picked things up more quickly with a coach or not. I, impossible to say at this point, because it's mm -hmm. been so long ago. Um, but the point being is that I laid a really nice foundation so that when I did get around other people that did know what they were doing more than I did, um, you know, it was more about refinement at that point. And it wasn't just this crash course, right. Uh, starting at ground zero. And I think that's huge. Um, you know, people worry sometimes I think about picking up bad habits and that can be real. Um, but at the end of the day, I think there's tremendous value in the pursuit of learning and going through that process, even if the end state 
isn't flawless. There's, there's still a ton of benefit to challenging yourself with something, mm-hmm. even if the outcome doesn't look like what you see at the Tokyo Olympics, you know? Right, right. <laughs> it's, it's still a huge, huge boon to your fitness to, uh, to be doing that. Um, so there's that. Um, I also think that <clears throat> you have to look at, you can simplify the process. And I, I think this is an exercise that more people should go through generally. And that is looking at what are you trying to accomplish with the movement that you're doing and asking that simple question and then starting to look at the technique that you're performing through that lens. You know, so for example, the snatch, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to lift the bar overhead in one motion without stopping. And I'm trying to do that in a way that is as efficient and mechanically sound as possible. That's it. I mean, at its simplest mm-hmm. um, description, that's, that's all I'm trying to do. I, I got it at the ground. I got to get it overhead in one motion. Okay. Now I've established the framework. I can start breaking down the pieces that would go into that and make that effective. So I think this big picture approach of, of having a clear idea of what I'm trying to accomplish with the movement and then the attitude of the process is of tremendous value, not just can I do a perfect rep. If you approach it with that mindset, I think you can't lose. And you should mm-hmm. absolutely dig in and do what you can with what you got. And I don't want this to be taken the wrong way, which I know nothing is on the internet, so that would, that's no, not even yeah. a potential concern. It's a but <laughs> n- nuance <luckily>. respected. <laughs> just... <laughs> People uh, turning the other cheek. I mean, you know, <laughs> just gives you hope in humanity. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think one of maybe a fear that people would have is, well, I'm not going to learn to deadlift or power clean on my own because if I do it wrong, I will get injured. Mm-hmm. A to B to C. There's right. no question, no if ands, no buts about it. It's been my experience, and basically every other human being that I've bumped into and all my knucklehead friends that we all learned in my garage together, none of us moved well. I'm especially hindsight 2020. And there are some very old incriminating videos that exist that I can (laughs) prove to you how poorly we were moving. And no one got injured. And, you know, luckily, I guess what I'm trying to say is luckily, the human body is a lot more resilient than I think some people on the interwebs would have you believe. It's in 100% agree. And so you've got a wider strike zone. Now I'll say, oh, Pat Sherwood said I got a wide strike zone. I can do whatever I want. So please take this with a nuance of intelligence and common sense here. But, you know, if I'm trying to learn the power clean in my garage, you know, and I I learn some midline stabilization, I mean, probably one of the things I'm going to do wrong is I'm either not going to be opening my hips or I'm going to be pulling early with my arms, something which isn't necessarily profoundly unsafe by its very nature. Mm -hmm. It's just very inefficient, and I'm not going to be maximizing my ability to perform that workout. That's most of the stuff that we see happening. And that stuff is it's just common as part of almost being a beginner. Even if you were learning it under the guidance of somebody else, you probably wouldn't just snap your hips open right away. You would do yeah, a whole exactly. lot of reps without yeah. opening your hips and then be like, okay, we finally have that taken care of. I've been meaning to tell you for the last 2,000 reps, you're also pulling early with your arms. And, and guess what? You've been fine, right? Well, and, so, and I think that's there's something in there that's so important, and that is this mentality of if I have a coach, I get to like fast forward through these right. immediate steps. It's like, right. no, that's not, that's not the case. Like exactly what you just said, you will still go through that phase of feeling totally uncoordinated 
and having a hard time piecing it together. That, that doesn't go away. You just have the benefit of an externality to kind of help you through it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't eliminate it. And yeah, so all the more reason to, to dive in on your own. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I think that's a resounding yes for me. If you're alone in the garage, there's a big, fantastic world of fitness out there, some of which involves complicated or technical movements, yep. and there is a way to approach it. And you'll be. And I'll say one more thing to on that too is that there has never been more ability for the average person to find somebody with a similar body type uh, and replicate what they're doing. Mm-hmm. There are so many examples at this point where you know everybody's on YouTube. There's so much visibility. You can find a CrossFit athlete or an Olympic lifting athlete or a powerlifting athlete or whatever. Insert technique here that you want to learn. And you can find somebody who's got the same basic proportions as you, kind of moves like you do, and you can say, that's what I want my technique to look like. And you can use them as a model. That, that is something that there has never been easier access to mm-hmm. in human history ever. You know? right. So take advantage of that. It's, um, it's very powerful. And there's, there's more resources every month that goes by. Because it's only being added to and added to and added to. So, man, good call with the mailbag episode. Yeah, it turned out okay, I think. It was a fun one. That's a fun one. So we'll let let some more shows go by, some more comments get posted, and we'll harvest some in the future, and and we'll make it happen again. But, yeah, solid idea. So I guess we'll, we'll end as we always do, just saying, if you're listening to this in audio format, certainly appreciate it. But make sure you head over to the BTWB YouTube channel, find this episode, leave some comments. You know, what would you like to have us address in the mailbag? We read them. They may develop into a future show. So for Adrian Bosman, I'm Pat Sherwood. We'll see you next time.